Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. I'm Jenny, your Giant Talk host, and today we're bringing you another episode of our OKR Toolkit. We're going to be talking all about OKR pitfalls and things you should be looking to avoid if you want OKR success. With me today, I have Roger, and I know people know you, Roger, but I always ask you this, so please just introduce yourself. Uh, yes, by all means, Jen. Great to be back. Uh, so I am the founder of There Be Giants, and uh, yeah, we've been going for ten years. Been specialising in OKRs for uh, best part of six years now, and uh, yeah, it's been really good to kind of re-record this first season as a uh, as 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 like a toolkit, and it's been great to see the interest in it so far. So yeah, really, really pleased to be here to kind of wrap up on the last uh, the last few. Yeah, as Roger mentioned there, we do, we've done a full kind of set of this tool, toolkit series. So feel free to go back and visit the episodes as well. Um, so we'll jump into today's episode, which, as I mentioned, is all about OKR pitfalls. So, and as a regular listener to Giant Talk, you'll know that we absolutely love OKRs at Derby Giants. Um, but one thing we'll never say is that there are silver bullets. So, Roger, why do we say this? Because believe it or not, just writing your goals in an OKR. Uh, fashion in an OK, giving them an OKR structure doesn't change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have fundamental problems around challenges like accountability, challenges like transparency, challenges like um, uh, people unwilling to stretch uh, and be ambitious, just writing your goals in an OKR way is not going to change that. It's not going to change that. There's a lot that needs to happen that wraps around OKRs, which actually really propels them and really builds them up and increases their their, their impact far more than, than, like I say, just writing goals in an OKR way. So there are aspects like uh, there are cultural, very definite cultural and human aspects that need to be taken account of. So first of all, and we I think we might have mentioned this in some of the earlier conversations, but you need to make sure that you introduce OKRs in a in a in a planned way uh, that takes account of uh, you know the uh, basic change management principles you know that there's a lot of communication that people understand what the value is and they see that it there it is of value to them as well as the wider organization mm. uh, and then there's also aspects around uh, psychological safety which need to be looked at as well uh, because people won't feel uh willing be, they won't be willing to 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 be ambitious or or to 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 be uh innovative and try out new ideas if they know that they're going to get um, beaten over their head for it yeah. uh, if, in case something doesn't work. So, yeah, so OKRs are not a silver bullet. I, I would, if, if you're looking to use OKRs, uh, unfortunately, they have kind of become the latest um, management fad. And there are books out there that kind of, you know, have, have, have boosted that. Uh, and what we often see is, oh, well, you know, we could just get this new thing in place and it's going to change the world. Well, it's it's a starting point, yeah. but it's not the only thing. You need to do a lot more if you're going to really get your value from your OKRs. Great. And um, I was smiling during that because like when you said about those books and people going it alone. So I think that's the, it leads me nicely into the next question. So I know you've helped kind of clients across the globe with their OKR implementation. So in your experience, what's the most common pitfalls organizations can fall into? Well, there's a few. 
And the first I would say is that they believe the books out there are the Bibles uh, that, um, and if they're not following the books and let's be honest, the most, most well-known one is measure what matters. uh, Then they're getting it wrong. They're doing it wrong. That's not the case. Um, You know, there's a lot in the book, which is uh, really useful but also not all organizations are the same. Not all organizations exist within the same ecosystem. You know, the book is written by John, who's one of the most prolific investors in Silicon Valley. And Silicon Valley is a very, very unique environment. Mm. Very unique environment. People measure their their performance by the amount of failure that they have rather than the amount of success in many instances. And that would be almost unknown in, you know, 99.9% of the rest of the businesses that exist in the world. However, um, like I said, there are things in there which are which are very valuable. But just please don't take it as being, you know, the gospel, mm. if you will. Mm. Um, just kind of bringing it down to a few more specifics. Uh, what I would say is um, one of the biggest uh, mistakes we see is that people, and this kind of links in with your first point about them being the silver bullet. They link it, they, they believe, right, we'll just write our goals in OKRs. We'll say they last for three months. And, and therefore, all we need to do is write them, start them off, and uh, everything will be achieved by the end of the three-month period. Uh-uh, no. Because the value in, in OKRs is in the conversations that are had around them as you progress through the quarter that keeps them really present that keeps them front and centre. And it means that because that's happening, that they've not been just set and forgotten about, they will be on a day-by-day, week-by-week basis, having influence on the decisions that are being taken on where people and teams spend their time and focus their resources. And that's what you want. That's what aligned activity looks like. Yeah. So you don't want to just instantly forget about them after they've after they've been written. Mm. Okay. Uh, we also see that uh, there can often be an over eagerness at the start to set uh, them pretty much for everything that moves in the business. Uh, that's the quickest uh, way to kill them stone dead. Because OKRs, and I know I've probably said this before, but I make no apologies for saying it again, OKRs should not be used for every single activity in mm. the business. It should be used to shine a spotlight, to bring that laser focus onto activity, which is going to deliver the greatest value to the business. And that is often activity which is going to drive growth or innovation or transformation or change in some some way, shape or form. Regular business as usual, operational, repeatable activity. If that is running well and that is on track, then that should be managed through uh, KPIs. Uh, And with an equal cadence and an equal amount of focus, because if your KPIs go south, then you won't have time to focus on your OKRs. So the two of them have a dependency, or particularly OKRs to depend on on KPIs to be to be working and you know all green that then allows the headspace and the resource to then focus on the transformation activity. Um, so yeah, don't set too many. Don't set too many. We've had to go into organizations who have been struggling and help them kind of wind back from what they've originally created because they've created a beast of a system and it's too bureaucratic and 
uh, people are just kind of asking, why are we doing this? What's the value we're supposed to gain from it? Um, another thing is that they write key results that basically are just actions. Uh, so it becomes a big to-do list. Yeah. Um, that's not, you need to raise your level of thinking. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is a measure of success. Now, if your measure of success is just ticking something off a, on, a, on a list, yeah, I kind of think that's probably not a long-term solution. You know, we're looking for impact. We're looking for a measure, a measurement of impact here uh, with, with key results. So that's, that's pretty important. Uh, I've already mentioned about how the change is important. If you're going to introduce OKRs, you, you know, for a lot of people, it could be quite threatening because they might not have been used to having these conversations around goals and being so transparent as OKRs typically are. So people might have to start, you know, might have to be kind of eased into it. You might have to do a pilot to show that the concept works. Yeah. That's a really good way, actually. That's a really good tactic for change management, proving that it works first. Um, we've seen uh, some organizations use that quite skillfully in their internal communications so that as the pilot's running, they're kind of, you know, banging the drum and, and, and communicating about how, how the impact it's having and how the teams are experiencing it and so on and so forth. And so that what was initially kind of a, a bit of a reluctance uh, around the change, by the end of it, has become a pull. Mm-hmm. So the energy changes from from what originally looked like a push onto everybody else to everybody's going, when are we getting the OKRs? When are we? When are they coming to us? That's what we've seen in quite a few clients actually, which is absolutely fantastic because that massively increases the uh, the chances of of wider adoption and and uh, and sustaining them as well. And the final thing I'd say is, for the love of God, don't run them on Google Sheets or any <laughs> other or any other spreadsheet for that matter. There, you know, OKR systems out there that are not expensive. In fact, some of them like our friends at Koan, uh, even offer free versions. So there, there is really nothing stopping anyone from going and using an OKR system. Uh, and the, the benefits in that is that as soon as, you, uh, as soon as you start to have more than one team using OKRs, you need to have the connections, you need to have the visibility of performance across the whole piece. And why try and construct a spreadsheet which is probably going to lose its formatting as soon as people start to update it when you can have an off-the-shelf, you know, pretty much customised OKR system which is web-based, you know, and uh, and 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 has 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 had has been designed specifically for the job. So yeah, just for God's sake, use a system rather than um, spreadsheets because you'll just get it'll run out of steam very quickly very quickly and on that final point around systems what I've seen in the past around goal management this was kind of a bit before OKRs came along but the principle still applies is that a good system the measurement of a good system is that it just blends into the background it almost becomes invisible certainly in terms of effort because it just becomes integrated embedded into you know the routines and the way of working oh it's just what we use if the system itself or spreadsheet or whatever becomes really complex to update, understand, gain, generate reports from, then that becomes a barrier to adoption in itself. Yeah. So that loops us back to 
you know, a challenge around change management. So you want to you want to have as little friction as possible and a good system helps reduce friction. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing OKRs, which helps teams achieve their objectives, be really aligned and stay absolutely engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're trying to grow a business. With Koan, you can scale OKRs across your entire company whilst keeping teams motivated and moving in the right direction. Now, Lawrence, I'd love you to tell me about one of the things that you like about Koan. Uh, well, for, for me, it's all about the reflections that, that Koan offer and encourage. And to be honest, this is really what sets Koan apart from me. And, and actually, at There Be Giants, it's why we use Koan, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we have always believed here at There Be Giants that the value of OKRs is in the conversations that you have. And the reflections feature really helps you to prepare for these and have super productive ones when the time comes. It allows for full transparency and it encourages every individual to reflect on how they've supported OKRs over the, the past week or two, what they're going to do next to, to support those OKRs, but also gives people an opportunity to um, raise any concerns that they have that, that might be a blocker in the next couple of weeks and also just provide an honest reflection on the week. And it's really rare that we get the chance to do that in, in our hectic lives these days. It certainly is. It's, it's a super important habit, and you know, it's, it's what we describe as the habit of heroes, really. So that is definitely my number one feature of Koan. Thanks, Lawrence. That's really useful, really good to hear. So if you want to find out more about Koan, all you have to do is go to Koan, uh, that's K-O-A-N.co forward slash giants, where you can actually find a great paper on how to develop uh, accountability and collaboration using OKRs. So that's a special little freebie from us. Great. I was going to ask about some solutions, but you gave some really great ones in that kind of answer. <laughs> Sorry. So, no, 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 it's fine. It's great. Um, what I did want to touch base on was um, you mentioned about KPIs for kind of business at, business as usual kind of tracking. Um, you mentioned about running a pilot potentially rather than just going kind of big bang implementation and also about software there. So in our toolbook kit series for listeners, the, there is an episode on OKRs versus KPIs and how they can both be used. There's also an episode on pilot implementation versus is Big Bang implementation. So make sure to check out those episodes. And on our website, we've got a really great software page where you can find out about some of the software packages that we recommend to our clients. So go on there and find out more about those as well. Um, so something you mentioned earlier was about testing and kind of forgetting or setting and forgetting. So something we talk about there with Giants is test, learn and adapt. And we speak about it regularly on Giant Talk. And so when it comes to OKRs, is this really the key to success? And I suppose what I'm trying to say is, do people get disheartened too early? You mean if they're not successful? Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, th this is interesting because there's a big cultural factor at play here. You know, I mentioned that there's a lot of organisations that aren't naturally innovative, uh -huh. You know, Silicon Valley being the uh, being the exception, um, but for for a lot of organisations, the message is one hundred percent or nothing, and that leaves no room for innovation. Because if you're going to be allowing room for innovation, you have to allow for intelligent, not reckless, but intelligent failure. 
uh, and intelligent in the sense that we can visibly demonstrate how we learn and adapt from it in the next cycle. So this is where you need to kind of tread carefully, I would say, with the introduction. And again, this is kind of all part of the change management planning, I suppose. But but tread carefully with the introduction of um, test learn and adapt as a principle for setting, you know, the the um, uh, the stretching uh, maybe more ambitious or innovative OKRs, because if people haven't been used to that, then that could be quite unsettling at first, mm. you know, suddenly being told that actually, you know what, if you hit 100% on this, that would be astronomical. But if you slightly fall short, then, you know, nobody's going to lose their job. Nobody's going to get a kick up the backside or anything like that. Yeah. So long as we can demonstrate that we're learning from it and applying that learning to the next cycle. Yeah. Mm. Everybody's good. That again, could be quite a, um, uh, a different message. So, for those, and we see this often with sales teams who have, you know, been conditioned to want 100 percent and <laughs> even, you know, even 110 percent or more. Uh, we uh, we often see, uh, uh, you know, any mention of OKRs in a sales setting as being quite uh, a challenging one, and it's one that needs, I think, over a few cycles, the stretch being introduced, uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This kind of start more steady than stretches they get used to the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Stretches stretches the confidence builds mm. as the confidence builds. Because in some departments like project management, like sales and so on, there are uh, 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 that they are used to measuring themselves. Yeah, project managers with plans, sales with targets. You know, you might also include any sort of operational logistics teams that have, you know, no end of, I I used to work in that field myself. And I know, you know, literally not just from day to day, but from hour to hour, you know, the real time live updates that are all around you. Um, And they need time to kind of get their heads around, even though we can, we can, we can give them guidance on it. Uh, on what the you know how OKRs kind of coexist behind all their measures and all their targets, uh, and it's not a duplication; it's actually something that that adds value to all those. Um, it, it takes time for them to get ahead around that. Mm. Yeah, that's what I've observed. Great. So we've mentioned a couple of kind of well, a few of the most common pitfalls, I guess, during this episode. So if, if our listeners are listening to this and thinking, I want to start OKRs. I want to implement them at our organisation, but there may be a little thinking, how can I avoid these things? What would you kind of be your biggest piece of advice to them? Yeah, do uh, do our OKR activator course. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, do our, uh, do our OKR. It's e-learning, so you don't have to speak to us. <laughs> and you can do it at your own pace. It takes about, about four hours to complete. Uh, and there is a marked assessment at the end of it. Uh, but in terms of, you know, covering off all the essentials, what, what, you, what in terms of how to write them, what, what's needed to help them run well um, uh, and all that, that is in there. That is in there. So, um, yeah, if, that's, if, if somebody's at their or thinking about what their first step should be, then uh, I, would, I, I would point them in that direction. It's really practical in its, uh, in, in its help and guidance. 
Yeah, great. If you're interested, if anyone listening is interested in the Activator course, um, you can find the link direct from therbygiants.com um, via the OKR Coach Academy. Um, so we've kind of, like I say, talked through the most the most common pitfalls when it comes to OKR today. And obviously we've only just touched on them, but we've given people some good solutions as well. Um, so before we kind of sign off, any last thoughts that you wanted to give people on this episode, Roger? <laughs> uh, all I would say is... Uh, you know, you, you can you can learn a lot by trying. Mm. You can learn a lot by trying. But I and this is actually backed up by the the data in our um, in our annual report, copy of which is available on thebejites.com. Um, is that if you're going to start with OKRs, run a pilot first. Yeah, run a pilot first, so you can kind of in a controlled way make your mistakes. Mm-hmm. and learn from your mistakes in a controlled and contained way before you try and roll OKRs out to a wider audience. And I deliberately didn't say the whole organization there, but to a wider audience, because there's only so much goodwill that's available in an organization at any one time. And when you make a change, you, you burn through a bit of that goodwill and if you put, make that change and you haven't and you, you know you haven't you don't do it well then you might find that actually okrs becomes you know a dirty word a tarnished term <laughs> that you can never go back to so yeah start small even though the pressure might be on we need to do something about this quickly just do a 3 month pilot start small learn from it and then uh, go wide after that that's that's the way a lot of our uh, larger clients are choosing to go and like I said the data in the report backs that up as being the approach that a lot of uh, other organisations out there are, are choosing suppose as the old saying going first impressions matter yes <laughs> oh, great thanks for joining me for today's episode Roger um, as always we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes if you've got any thoughts on today's episode about OKR pitfalls either head over to our social media channels on Twitter or LinkedIn or drop us an email to growth at theobygiants.com and we'll see you next time for another episode of the OKR Toolkit where we'll be talking about OKRs which are better by design thanks Roger thanks Jen